In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of all ages. Amen. In this Gospel, we find that this woman comes to this uninvited, to this dinner party. So you're hosting a dinner party, and some random person shows up uninvited. That's pretty strange to begin with. Even more strange is that this was not someone who uh, was known for their virtuousness. They weren't known for how good of a person they were. Um, they were not the typical person that you would have had, you would have wanted to have at your house. Somehow she gets the boldness to go to Simon the Pharisee's house, one of the Pharisees, and, and, uh, and go and washes Jesus' feet with her tears and, um, uh, uh, and, uh, and anoints his feet with fragrant oil. And in verse 42, we find that Jesus says something very interesting. He gives, he gives a parable. He says, he gives the, 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 like a, a lesson through a, a story. And he says a creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii. One owed, a denarii was the equivalent of, of, of a, a, like a, a day wage. So what's, what's, a, what's a day's work worth of, of wages these days? I don't know. Say $200, right? So if a denarii is, is, is $200, one owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50. So multiply by about 200 to, to get that into Canadian dollars. And so they had nothing with which to repay. And so the, the creditor forgave them both. And he asks the question, which of them will love him more? The fulcrum of this story, both what's happening in real life and the parable that Jesus says, the turning point in the story, why does, he, why does the creditor forgive them? Because they had nothing with which to repay. The, the turning point of the story is the fact that they had nothing with which to repay and that they realized that. That's the fulcrum. That's the pivot point. That's the point where everything changes. You know, oftentimes when you're trying to help a friend or somebody or a family member who's, who's gotten themselves into some kind of trouble, you know, be it, a, a, be it an addiction or a bad behavior or just, or, or, or a bad relationship or whatever, you know, you, you try to talk to them and they're not listening. You try and they're not listening. You try, you know, and then you, you go and you ask a friend anonymously out of frustration, you're like, I don't know how to help this person, right? And people will say things to you like, well, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. Or sometimes they'll say something else. They'll say, you can't help somebody until they hit rock bottom, right? There's some point, there's some point that people reach, all of us, that we reach and it's at that point that we're ready to turn around. In this story that Jesus tells, in this story that's happening in real life in Jesus' time, Jesus and Simon the Pharisee and, and this woman coming to wash his feet and so on, the point, the, 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 the point of turning, the point that rock bottom is she had nothing with which to repay. And so for you and for me, it's true too. Like it is said, I mean, this is just a common saying that, you know, 
It's only when you hit rock bottom that you can plant your feet on something to push yourself or pull yourself back up. It's when she is bankrupt. It's when she's broke. It's when she's empty. It's when she has nothing left. It's when she's obliged. She's, she, she must lean into the mercy of God. Lean into the mercy of Jesus. It's in the parable that Jesus says when these two debtors, they have nothing with which to repay. See, the trouble, the hindrance, what's slowing down my repentance and my spiritual growth and my spiritual life is not temptation, is not sin, is not the world, is not... It's my self-assurance. It's my self-reliance. That's why poverty is so therapeutic. That's why it's so therapeutic for the church to have an intimate relationship with the poor. And for the church to see itself as poorer than the poor. To look at the poor and say, you are our master. You, you, you are our benefactor. Because in the poor, we find all of these lessons are lived out. I'm not the first person to say this. You know, you've probably heard these words before. If you remember, the book of Revelation opens with St. John the Apostle seeing a vision similar to what you see pictured on the eastern wall here, iconified on the eastern wall here, the Son of Man sitting on His throne, the four incorporeal creatures, the 24 elders, and He falls as dead. And then the Lord raises Him up and says to Him, I need to give you a message to each church, to seven churches of Asia Minor. He gets to the church of Laodicea, he gets to the church of Laodicea, and he gives a message. This is from Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. I want to read this message to you and to me. I want to read it to myself. And we'll find Jesus is addressing the same thing here, that you and I aren't broke yet. You and I aren't bankrupt yet. You and I aren't poor yet. So we don't need to lean in, into the mercy of God. We can take care of ourselves. I got this. I'm good. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. This is the description. This is the description of, of, of my soul as I put my trust in passing things of this world, as I put my trust in things that I know that in my own lifetime, I will see them wither away. In my own lifetime, I will see them disappear. In my own lifetime, I, I will see them gone. 
And this is the foundation that I build my life upon. Money, family, uh, education. Honestly, I, the other day I was on the phone with a, a, an, old, an old colleague of mine. And I was telling him, uh, I, was telling him uh, I don't know what came up. And I, and I, and I brought up something that was like earth-shattering medicine 10 years ago. And he laughed. He's like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. That was 10 years ago. That's, I'm not a dinosaur, you know? Education changes. It changes what you learned and what, right? Money comes and goes. Family, ask my parents how many times I call home, <laughs> Right? None of these things, all this is shifting sand. All this is shifting sand. But I put my trust in it and I get self-assured. I'm good. He tells us, he tells me, you don't know, John, you don't know. You're saying, I have become rich. I am wealthy. I have need of nothing. I'm comfortable. You do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He's not harsh. You say those are harsh words to say. He's not harsh. He's trying to awaken me to my reality so that I will, the next few words, I counsel you. He's saying, I'm advising you. Come, buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. White garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Anoint your eyes with eyesal that you may see. And then he's telling us, look, look, sweetie, look, honey, look, my son, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I'm not saying this because I don't like you. I'm not saying this because I hate you. I'm not saying this because I look down on you. I'm not saying this because I think you're a bad person. I'm not saying this because I think there's no hope in you. I'm saying this because I love you. And as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Be zealous, be fiery. Be and repent. Turn around. Now is the time for your turn around. Return. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone answers my voice, if anyone answers my voice, anyone, anyone, if anyone answers my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. What a promise. What a promise. What a promise. But you and I don't have access to that promise. Because we're good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not poor. I'm not naked. I'm not blind. The problem with the gospel today is it has become irrelevant. Jesus has overcome death. That's the gospel. Okay, that's good. Good, good for you. you can, I, I, I don't need it. If you discovered a cure for cancer, and then you went and ran through the streets screaming, I have a cure for cancer, and you were credible, and people believed that you did indeed have that cure, only the people that believed that they had cancer would come running for the cure. But the people who have cancer and it has not yet been diagnosed or it has been diagnosed and unfortunately I've seen this so many times in my practice previously and they are in denial 
Saddest thing in the world. Saddest thing in the world. When you do your very best to break the news to somebody and you, fi- and you break the news to them that they have cancer and they, they're, they're in disbelief. And then and they purposefully, despite several attempts to recontact them, just disconnect from the medical system. What's even sadder is when you're seeing them on the receiving end three or four years later when their cancer is completely incurable and they have a few years left to live and it would have been easily curable when it was diagnosed. I remember, I'll never forget it. I was a medical student here at Princess Margaret. I was visiting from Montreal working with this surgeon and uh, this 42-year-old lady comes in this fungating breast mass and it's like it's grown through the skin and it's oozing pus and it's just smells and it's just just terrible we're reading her history it was diagnosed four years ago she went into complete denial, sought all of these naturopathic therapies. I'm not against naturopath, naturopathy. I have several friends who are naturopaths. I don't, have any, I don't have anything against anybody. Anyways, she comes back four years later with this fungating 42-year-old lady comes in with her husband. She's got a five-year-old and a three-year-old at home. She'll be l- lucky to see the next month. We finished seeing the patient, you know, tried to find her some connector with some, some palliation. Palliative care was sending her to us to try to see if we could cut this thing out so that she could at least live the, her last few weeks in peace without this, this, this wound that's grow smelly and oozing fluid everywhere. And yeah, she, she didn't see the next month. She died. I'm not telling you this story because it's just some sad sob story to make you realize, I don't know, how grateful you should be for your health or something like that. I'm telling you this story because this is your story. This is my story. I have death reigning in my flesh and I am in denial until one day it catches up with me. And Jesus is telling you and he's telling me You're not going to turn around. You're not going to turn around until you and I realize that we are broke. They had nothing with which to repay. Because they had nothing with which to repay, they turned around and they they turned to to the creditor and said, we can't pay. We have nothing. Seize our assets. There aren't any. So the creditor forgave them. We need to recognize our poverty if we want to turn around. Let's speak about things that are productive. If we, if we open, open for us, uh, whoever's got the iPad, open for us the midnight prayer. Go to the Igbeya. Open for us the midnight prayer. Go to the second watch. The midnight prayer is three prayers. It's, it's deceiving because you think it's called the midnight prayer, so it would be one prayer, but it's actually the midnight 
the midnight prayers, actually three prayers and they're called watches. So if you go to the second watch, if you go to the litanies of the second watch, go to the first litany of the second watch. Listen to these words. Could you possibly say these words? Give me, O Lord, fountains of plentiful tears as you gave in the past to the sinful woman. Make me worthy to wash your feet which liberated me from the path of straying and to offer you a precious fragrant oil and gain through repentance a pure life so that I may hear the voice full of joy saying your faith has saved you. What beautiful words. What beautiful words. These words weren't written for the person who's already hit rock bottom and has turned around. These words were written for you and for me who are on our way to rock bottom who are on our way to our turnaround. But we know, we know that we need, we know that we, we need that turnaround. We need that repentance. We need that return to God. Lord, I know I'm not going to turn around until I hit rock bottom. But I don't want to know what rock bottom is. Life is pretty rough as it is right now over here. You know, I don't want to know what it's going to be like down there. I'd be really okay with a turnaround right here would be good. Thank you, Jesus. That's what this prayer is. Go to the first litany of the next watch, the third watch. And you'll find beautiful words there. With a compassionate eye... Oh, I'll, I'll wait for you to get it. There you go, yeah. With a compassionate eye, O Lord, look at my weakness, for shortly my life will come to an end, and in my deeds I shall have no salvation. Therefore I beseech you, O Lord, with a merciful eye, look at my weakness, my humility, my poverty, and my sojourn, and save me. Could you pray these words? Simple words. Simple words. I want to put a challenge to you and to me. Let us do this together. I, I, I'll commit to do the, doing this with you. I have my own rule of prayer. I have my own practice of private prayer at, in, in, in my place. And I'm, I'm sure you do as well, or m many of you do as well. If you don't, do this. If you do, do this in addition just for this week. Let us commit to each other that we'll both try to do this. And so in, in so doing, we will encourage each other spiritually to do this. Let us pray the midnight prayer every night this week. The midnight prayer in its entirety is a bit long. So what I'm going to suggest is that we just pray the introduction to every hour. And then just pray one psalm from each watch, the gospel and the litanies. I counted it up. It should take you about 15 minutes. It should take about 15 minutes. So what you do if you're using Coptic Reader is uh, uh, Marco swipe left for us. You're, you're in the ready in the midnight prayer. So there you go. So there when you swipe left, you're going to find the table of contents. You'll find the introduction to every hour at the beginning. Let's pray that together. And then... When you swipe left, you're going to find a whole list of first watch, a whole list of psalms. Just pick one at random. It doesn't matter. Okay, and then at the end of that, you're going to find a gospel and six litanies. 
And we'll pray the gospel together and we'll pray the six litanies together and then go to the next watch. Choose one song, just one. Just one is enough. And then the gospel and then the six litanies of the second watch and the same for the third watch. And let us try to take this, let us pray this prayer together this week, asking God to help us to be in the position of this woman, to be in the position of these debtors, to help us to bring our heart to a place where we can say truly and believe it as true, I have nothing with which to repay. To say and truly believe from all my heart that yes, Lord, you are right. I am wretched. I am miserable. I am poor. I am blind. I am naked. But Lord, I come to you to buy from you gold refined in the fire. To receive from you white garments to cover my nakedness so it should not be revealed. I am blind, Lord. I come to you to that my eyes might be anointed with eye salve that I may see. I come to you, Lord, so you can enter in and dine with me. I come to you, Lord, so you can prepare a place for me on your throne so I can sit beside you and enjoy your intimacy forever. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.